Thank you for tuning in to Radicards Podcast on Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Reno, and today Ryan's joining us, and we're going to be talking about stuff in sports and stuff in the hobby. So let's jump right into it. Ryan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, first thing on the menu here, <laughs> Pizza Hut in Atlanta temporarily adds an additional hut to its branding in honor of its first year with the NFL Super Bowl partnership. So it says Pizza Hut Hut. It's like, you know... <laughs> Which I thought was pretty clever. I, I think it's kind of fun to think about that. I, I'm always intrigued by um, fast food marketing, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like brands I've always grown up loving, like Taco Bell. Um, I've always been intrigued by their marketing. I remember when the Doritos Locos Tacos w- was released, I was floored by the innovation of that. And I was like, of course, like, why not? And so when, when I saw this, I was like, man, what a great partnership, like marketing you know, angle to take yeah. for Pizza Hut. I thought that was so cool. Um, yeah, know. we live in a great country. These sort of things happen. <laughs> Truly. I always wish I could be a fly on the wall um, at NFL corporate headquarters around Super Bowl season when they're fielding all these different marketing ideas and corporate sponsorships, partnerships, because um, I'm sure they get thousands of, of offers and ideas. Um but Super Bowl time just drums up all these crazy ideas, and obviously, it all sort of comes to a climax during the wacky commercials and halftime show. And I mean, it's just a complete bonanza. <laughs> Total bonanza. I think it's really cool, and I, I mean, these are like world-class brands, you know. And yeah. So uh, it, it carries a lot of weight. You get a lot of market proliferation. There's a lot of Pizza Huts around the country, so it's easy to get you know, eyes on the brand. And once you get that, then if you, if you, um, you know, divvy out specific requirements to market, say the Super Bowl through all the different franchises, then, you know, it's like instant marketing for this partnership. So it's pretty, absolutely. I thought that How about was... this? If the Rams win the Super Bowl, I will all send a pizza hut pizza to your house and i'll get one for me too (laughs) expect six to eight weeks for delivery right yeah yeah not in a timely manner but it'll it'll get there at some point today tomorrow this year next year who knows (laughs) uh that's pretty fun speaking of brands um miller park is uh slated to be renamed in 2020 and american family insurance is going to get the naming rights just think about that American Family wow. Insurance Park, <laughs> so unattractive sounding to me. Like, so one guy in line was saying, "What are they going to call it? Like AmFam?" And even that, to me, is, although catchier, still doesn't really have the same flow. When I think of like Milwaukee and Miller, like, yeah, it, it works really well because Milwaukee, Mill, Miller, they're, they're the just, Brewers. I mean, it's, it just works really well. It's one of the rare corporate sponsored names that actually makes sense and i don't i don't think most people really think twice about it just because it they're the brewers it's beer company it's that's it right so right it's it's too bad it's i think it's one of the the better names in stadiums so we'll see what they go with for their final name but rest in peace miller park the thing with the miller park is it's such a well titled stadium because of the 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 points you mentioned brewers brew Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Miller is a beer, so it's like it's such a perfect, it's such a perfect match for stadium name. And so, when I think of American Family Insurance, I'm like, I've never thought as of, of insurance as like a really awesome 
subject to discuss. Like I've never been like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to sit down and have a three hour powwow on, on insurance. You know, like I can't wait to go to a class on insurance policy and procedures. Like I've never mm-hmm. thought that I've never had like an inch, like a, a desire. I've never had like the desire to like go and embrace the concept and the, the, the topic of insurance to me. It's just one of those like requirements that we all have to just deal with and we, we pay for it. And, you know, it's just part of the, like, you know, our world individually because we all need it in some capacity. But I've, I guess in this capacity, I think like, well, it's got to come down to the dollar sign because they're going to approach you for say like some dollar figure that's maybe much more than Miller is going to be paying you, then of course it's going to, you know, bring attention. But I just think of the branding piece of it, it's just going to be yucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think there are other insurance companies that have corporate sponsors with other stadiums around professional sports and they're always kind of awkward and clunky to say, but I think in this case, people are going to be calling Miller park, Miller park for the next five or six years just because it's been so ingrained and it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some training to, uh, to kind of work out that of our vernacular, but oh, well, well, it's like that the first day of January, you're always like dating stuff with the previous year. Yeah. Like, all for like a week or whatever. That happens yeah. like all the time. Yeah. Uh, back in the days when I would get my in-class assignments and I have to name and date, I'd always struggle with scribbling out the previous or erasing it and rewriting it when I was in grade school. I remember that mm-hmm. very specifically, I think probably leading into high school even. I mean, it was just something I dealt with. Even like recently, yeah. I signed a check. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> I signed a check uh, earlier this month, uh, January, and I I had to scribble out the 18 <laughs> and then put 19 on the check and, and ink. I didn't want to trash the check and start over. That's a waste, but... Uh, anyway, moving on. We recently had the 2019 Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Well, we had the selections anyway, not the ceremony. Ceremony happens in the summertime. But mm-hmm. we had the selection, and uh, Mariano Rivera gets the first ever unanimous vote to the Hall of Fame, a 100%. Really amazing stuff, man. I I, I, I mean, I, I always thought it was possible. I was just waiting like it was a matter of time. I thought Griffey was going to get it. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that he didn't get it. Now I have a suspicion as to why, but this is another conversation. But Mariano Rivera got it, and I'm proud of him. I think he's you know, one of the greatest closers, if not the greatest closer of all time. Yeah, and I, I think this, what's going to happen is, uh, as we see more and more unanimous Hall of Famers, it's just going to create this elite extra category within the Hall of Fame, which is already an elite group. Um, between the non-unanimous people that got in and the unanimous people. And so far, the only guy is Rivera, but I'm sure in the next five or ten years, we'll get a couple more. Jeter comes to mind. Um, but I, maybe they should build like a separate room for these guys or something because it's such a crazy accomplishment to get all those sports writers to to agree on something, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, um, they they could put like, I don't know if the, the Cooperstown has like a penthouse like yeah, shrine, man, you know, like that has like great views or whatever. And that's where they put guys like this in there, like the, the elite CEO type status rooms for enshrinement of guys who got perfect, you know, 
unanimous uh, voting. I think it's just so cool that he got that. I mean, he certainly deserves it. He had a fantastic career. Um, I hope uh, during the induction ceremony, I hope he wears the same outfit he has on that, uh, was it 92 Bowman, his rookie card? <laughs> right. Was it like going to church? <laughs> the classic, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say they were like <laughs> pleated khaki type pants with like a teal um, polo shirt or something. I, I think you got to go in looking like the Chipper Jones card in that, in uh, that set. Uh, well, that, that whole set's full of amazing <laughs> outfits, but Mariano in particular and Chipper, um, they just look so incredible. So, oh uh, yeah, Chipper's got the belt where he's got the over swoop and 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 pull down like that old sl- classic leather. Where you mm-hmm. don't <laughs> such a great card, man. Ninety two <laughs> Bowman Chipper Jones is. Uh, I probably have a link below. You can actually go just click through if you wanted to um, to see that card. Uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. I, I've always, you know, I didn't really pick up on Rivera's popularity until like. Mm, I'd say the early 2000s. So, I mean, I, I took a hiatus between like 98 and 03. So I missed, you know, a chunk of his career. But prior to my leave, he wasn't popular. He wasn't like a thing. He, yeah, he was. He had an all-star, you know, appearance or whatever. But I didn't pick up on him until later. And then it, I was like, really? What's Why is he so important? And mm-hmm. then I learned as, as the years passed that he was just an incredible closer. And nobody could, he was unstoppable, really. Yeah, basically unstoppable throughout his entire career. Uh, I believe he closed out all of the World Series that those dynastic um, Yankees teams were in in the late 90s. Then on into, I want to say 2009 when they won again. So he was always in the spotlight closing out those big games. And he's got the saves record. Which um, I that's going to be a real untouchable record for a long time. Um, so because Trevor Hoffman was, I think, is number two behind him, and he's in the Hall of Fame as well. So right, those guys are long since retired and in the Hall of Fame, and their their two records are going to sit there for a long time, up in the six hundreds for saves, which is insane. Yeah, huge. Mariano is a six fifty two. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're gonna put his plaque probably right next to Harold Baines's. <laughs> yeah, they deserve the same real estate. Yeah, totally, right next to each other. It'll be a really good. I, I'm so proud of uh, Mariano Rivera. It's just such a cool. I, I mean, I just kind of waited for this. I, I remember looking back and be like, "Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame yet? What the heck?" But I guess it yeah. was just like he hadn't he hadn't been eligible yet, like over the past five years. So like you know, back in fourteen or. 13 or 14 right in there i was like shouldn't he be in the hall of fame but you know he retired in 13 and so it's mm-hmm. he had to, i had to just yeah you know, i'd remind myself oh it's a five-year block before he's eligible yeah that's how long he played you start to think to yourself how how is this guy not in the hall yet and you're like oh he just retired or he's he's still playing yeah so he had a long long career yeah 19 years solid and then he started his official career um Three years after he dressed for church for the 92 Bowman set photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good stuff. I want to touch on that. Uh, Mariano, very good unanimous vote at the Hall of Fame. First ever. Really amazing. Uh, speaking of birthdays, Nolan Ryan turns 72 today. Ryan, you want to talk about it? Yeah. Happy birthday, Nolan Ryan. I'm obviously a big fan. Uh, I have that 
date burned in my head just from looking at the back of his baseball cards. Um, so he's 72, which brings up the classic 1972 Nolan Ryan card. Yeah. First card is an angel. Um, I believe he's pictured with the lowercase a hat on his head, which was a hat they wore for a year or two, maybe. So that makes that card a little extra special in that respect. Uh, 72 tops in general is just a really colorful, vibrant set that you should check out if you're not familiar um, there are other interesting cards in there besides the Ryan, but that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I also learned today that it's, uh, no, no Ryan and Jackie Robinson actually share a birthday and Jackie Robinson would have been a hundred today. hundred born in 1919. Right. Um, so he's obviously no longer with us, but, uh, it's cool that those, those two guys, those kind of pillars of, of baseball share the same birthday. So happy birthday, Ryan and Jackie. Yeah, man. Legends. Total. Like some of the best players we've ever seen or ever had or for, for one reason or another. And so we're super stoked to just to cover uh, their birthdays on this podcast. And I didn't know about Nolan Ryan's birthday. So I, I have to, I have to uh, thank you, Ryan, for, for mm-hmm. bringing this up. And Ryan shares a portion of Nolan Ryan's name, which is even more coincidental. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know you collect Nolan Ryan because you have you have his last name. I have to. You I know? was born with it. Right. My dad says that he named me after him. My mom says different, so oh, what I don't is, know. What does your mom say? <laughs> she just says they like the name, but... <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Nolan Ryan, it's like fir- two first names. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. So cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Nolan Ryan's great. I 72 tops card. First time seeing Nolan Ryan on with an Angels uniform. Um and then you see it at the last time um in uh, 1980. Mhm. And then he moves into the Astros. It's interesting to think about Nolan Ryan's career. He played in four different decades. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Griffey as well. Granted, he's at the like very it's teetering on the fence on the, the the first and last decade, eighty nine through two thousand ten, but uh, it's cool to think about the guys who played in four separate decades. Yeah, and, and Ryan was sort of the same way. He came in in the late sixties right. and then yeah. sought out through the, the early nineties, but still, you know, still played in the in the decades. So that's yeah, really a hard thing to accomplish. Very but, difficult. Very rare. Um. um and, and I would it, say one of the other notable cards from that 72 set is Roberto Clemente. That's one of my favorites of his. Oh, yeah. He's tossing um, the ball in the air, that one. Tossing the ball in the air. It's yeah. a great shot. Yeah. And just the colors. I mean, if if you're not familiar with that set, it's like it's one of the more 70s-esque sets because they really went all out with the wild design and colors. It might uh, be the quintessential 70s set, actually. Yeah, right I, behind I 75, because 75 yeah. is, like, very flashy when it comes to colors. Yes. You know. 75 was, for those who don't know, it's just, it's very two-toned, mm-hmm. and they're very bright colors. Uh, 72 has a little more detail, I think, on the card. Um, but, yeah, they're still, both of those sets are very, very 70s. And 75 is the more condition sensitive of the two because the color goes all the way to the edge of the, edge of the card. Yeah. Just, just a little primer on the 70s stuff for you guys. I know you were just Centering waiting for that. Too, right? Oh, God, yeah, set. totally. 
Totally. Um, um, and I want to say, let me check this really quick. 72 Clemente card is also significant because uh, he unfortunately passed away in 1972. So that's his last card. Um, at least last official card. So very significant. Yeah, he passed away on um, the last day of 1972, December 31st. Yeah, it's sad. Really, really sad. Um, let's see here. What do we got next on the agenda? Oh, right, yes. Tampa Bay Rays to bring back Devil Rays uniform for throwback nights. Okay, real quick before we jump into this. Mm -hmm. Just as somebody who, like, embraces, like, I don't know, team... Uh, introductions and uh team branding I, I preferred them to have kept the devil rays uniform i understand why it was like changed because it's not pc i get it but some things i feel like it's okay to not be pc you know this is one of those things i'm like it's so just you know it's all right be lax about it like whatever devil rays are an actual entity that live in the ocean yes, and it's they are it's okay to name a team after them so I thought it was cool that they brought it back. You know, my hope is that they'll keep it, but of course it's just a temporary thing. So, yeah, it's the more and more teams are doing the throwback thing. I know that the Padres are going to bring back their old um, kind of mustard yellow brown uniforms at some point in 2019, which I I really like. Um, I know on paper they look kind of ugly, but uh, they're just so classic looking. So. It'll be fun to see those back, and then obviously the Devil Rays uniforms, which um, are very late '90s to me. Um, oh, extremely. Uh, I remember hoarding all of my Josh Hamilton rookie cards back in 1999. Right. He's got the Devil Rays uh, uniform on. I love seeing Wade Boggs in the Devil Rays uniform. Yeah. Um, a lot of great players on those teams that. Um, that sported the Devil Rays uniform. So it'd be cool to see those back. I might have to buy like a Devil Rays shirt or something because I think it's one of my favorite team uniforms of all time. I like that they have a little Devil, Devil Ray um, underneath the Devil Rays text. Just, yeah, it's super cool. I think that's cool. And they don't they don't use that anymore. On the new the the, the blue and yellow one you like, that's not there. They don't they they don't embrace the actual the 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 entity anymore doing a quick research um on google looks like there there is a rays uniform where they have still the devil ray underneath it's nice to embrace that like extra little addition to the logo it's cool so there you have it um moving on into sports cards uh let's discuss something for a minute now probably a little okay so for many years, we've the company's been chopping up vintage game use relics like Babe Ruth bats and you know, Lou Gehrig jerseys and Ty Cobb jerseys and uh, you know Honus Wagner bats and things, and then embedding them into cards. Do you think that at some point, I mean, guaranteed at some point, if we keep doing this, we're going to run out of those things because oh, there's totally. not there's not limitless supply of Babe Ruth bats. You know, um, I've always had a problem with with with, you know, um, 
seeing chunks of historical relics put in cards, I, I, I don't I don't particularly appreciate it because those things that they're cutting up, I, I, I feel like you know, should be kept for as long as possible. Now I get that there are like random bats that they've you know, they've they've been given for a photo shoot and then they take those bats and chop them up fine, but I feel like game used bats should be coveted and not taken to the knife for, for the sake of making dollars on your product. I just feel like there are certain things that should be kept intact, um and bats and jerseys from some of the baseball's greats uh should be kept fully intact over the lifespan if possible, always. And just they stored in Cooperstown just so that all generations can enjoy them and not just the current group of collectors. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think we're on the same page. They also do these cut autos where they'll take like a check or a uh, just a piece of paper that right. was signed by someone famous. I think that's a little sketchy as well. I mean, just from a historical perspective, why not just preserve the document? Um, so... I remember in the late 90s, I want to say Upper Deck had promotions where you could, they were giving away like a Jackie Robinson jersey in its entirety, just the jersey. And you could like, you'd get a little card, like a promotional card in a pack and you would write in um, to Upper Deck and sort of be entered into like a raffle of sorts. And you could win the actual jersey. I'm cool with that as long as they're keeping the actual piece of memorabilia intact if they want to give it away to a collector, that's that's fine. But chopping it up and putting it, putting these little pieces into cards is, it's going to get pretty dicey soon because, like you said, there's just not that much stuff out there. Well, I mean, I don't know how much there is. There's probably a lot more than we think, but I think that, but I, I know for a fact there's not an unlimited supply. That's that's a that's a given, right? And so, um, how much of this stuff? do we want to keep chopping up to the point where we don't have anything left? And then we're like kind of regret that we don't have anything left. You know, mm -hmm. at some point down the line of 50 years, are we going to have anything left to put in cards? I don't know. Like I, there might, we might, I don't know what the, how many, how much of this stuff we have left after, because there's already tons of it in cards already over the last, you know, what, 20 years, you know, because the, the game use thing became a thing in 97, but I think that it took some years before we saw, chunks of relics from historical figures and cards like sp legendary cuts was like a thing you know 10 years later so um whatever the case I, I just feel like the act of preservation is quite a bit more desirable to me significant historically than having a card with like a bat knob of honus wagner's game he's bad in it I, I just appreciate knowing that the bat still is intact and i don't have the card i don't I just appreciate knowing that than over the possession of having a piece of it in my collection. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's my dilemma that I struggle with when I see uh, high-end pieces, booklets, and things with chunks of bats and jerseys and cuts and whatever. I just uh, yeah, these days I see a lot of this kind of stuff in uh, the unlicensed products, like the high-end unlicensed products right i think they're just trying to find a way to market themselves which i totally understand um so maybe if if the tops um license ever gets kind of spread around a little bit this might stop happening but that's doubtful i mean 
Tops is such a monopoly on the market that I, I don't know when or if we'll ever see another company get the license. Yeah. I think, didn't they just re-up that with MLB? I they did. Say. Yeah, they did. So, and so... Yeah, I think you're right. It's not going to happen anytime We're just going to see more of the same for another chunk of years. And it's too bad because the most interesting time existed in the late 90s because we had so much competition. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, all kinds of stuff, companies trying to out, out you know, produce, out, out aesthetic each other, out, you know, rare, everything. And so you get all these really cool, interesting releases to, to draw traction. Um, the big, the big, the big pull now in the current market is jerseys and autos. And it's just been more of the same for the past couple, like decade and a half. Um, you know, everybody's just, they're pulling jerseys, they're pulling autographs. There, there's very little emphasis on cards without those things now. Uh, they just get kind of shuffled aside most of them, which is fine for guys like me because I get to cherry pick them up for, for, you know, what I feel are good prices. Um, you know, the press proofs and things and the gold foil borders and whatever those, that's kind of more my style of collecting. So there's really Mm -hmm. no wrong answer there. It's just like kind of the current market is just very much different than it was 20 years ago, but it's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just kind of where it is. We've just moved into the area where we expect to get a hit in some capacity. I talked about this actually in a, um, uh, uh, this former publication on Radicards. Um, yeah, it was, uh, blog posted a survey I uh, published earlier this month about kind of how the current market expects to pull what you know prefers to pull hits in 2019 so uh, it was a statistically significant portion of the results uh, were weighted against g- being guaranteed hits and packs people want to see very difficult you know insertion ratios because if you remove the guarantee uh, then the the only uh, you have to kind of supplement that with a guarantee that when you do pull something it's, it has value, so you're not guaranteed something of no value to low value. You're guaranteed something after a crazy, maybe not even guaranteed it, but you're saying you know if you're gonna pull it, here's the ratio of pulling it could be like one in ten thousand packs, and then when you do pull it, it's like a huge card. Mm-hmm. So I think if they went to ratios that were extremely ex- extremely hard to pull relics of anything then I think that we might, I, I would have less of a concern about chopping up or using this kind of thing because it would be um, uh, destroyed in, in, in significantly minimal quantities in comparison to what I feel like it is now. Every time I turn around, there's a, there's a you know, Ty Cobb bat card or whatever. So it's just, I wanted to t- discuss on that, you know, it's kind of something to think about. Yeah. Ryan, you want to, you want to, share your thoughts on this last point here uh okay we talk about you know 97 metal universe precious metal gems right what what sports come to mind when you think about that release basketball and football right those are the big ones michael jordan's yeah like big huge cards like you've got the emeralds and the reds and the reds being to 90 of course their serial number to 100 and the emeralds serial number to 100 but that's the first 10 and so it's just 10 10 print run for the emeralds they're amazing cards, but they didn't do them for baseball. And one part of me is glad because it's less stuff for me to chase in the Thomas market. And the other part of me is kind of wish they did because it would be something else to chase in the Thomas market. Um, but, and I think they would have been massively popular in baseball, just like they are in ba- basketball, football, quite, not quite as expensive as basketball, obviously, but I mm-hmm. think still rivaling the football market, if not stronger than football. 
And so yeah, and all those the subsequent releases for baseball in '98, '99, 2000 for for Precious Metals Gems were very popular and super popular. still remain to be popular this to this day. So right. definitely a lost opportunity there. Right. Um, I, I would have liked to see some '97 baseball product. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Jordans and the the Kobe's of that year are just insanely uh, sought after. Any any like star superstar really from football and basketball, if you can get a card from that set, uh, hang on to it because uh, yeah, of any player, out. of any player, mm-hmm. literally. And and you know, interesting fact: back in 2011, I was tracking uh, some of the PMGs for basketball. This was probably summertime 2011, and uh, there was a Kobe that was listed, the Emerald. Okay, 97 Metal Universe PMG Emerald Kobe. Mind you, he was a rookie in 96. Okay, and so uh, it's kind of significant. The serial number on that was 8 of 100, and his jersey number was Mm -hmm. what back then? It was 8. And I remember watching this thing and being floored by the outcome. It was $38,000 selling price, raw. $38,000, huge. And I actually recently met the owner of this card, not in person, but online. And he's he's a um, really well-off businessman. But I thought it was really cool, the commitment involved in collecting some of this really high-end stuff, specifically in the basketball market. So... So I want to touch on this because it's kind of like a lost opportunity in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you have all these great releases, and then you have something that's only released in basketball and football, and then you're like, "What? What do we get in baseball? <laughs> where, 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 where's mine?" You know, yeah. so it's it's one of those like, "Gosh, how cool would it have been to get like a an emerald and a red Thomas in my collection?" You know, one of those like mythic unicorns that you never see. So just wanted to touch on that. It's kind of cool. Ryan, thoughts, comments, concerns? No, I totally agree. I would have loved to pick up some baseball from that from that product. Um, I think I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford one of those monster cards from the <clears throat> from basketball or football those releases. But yeah, um, I've seen those auctions that you talk about, and I, I see some of those cards at, at shows sometimes, and um, enormous asking prices. I can't imagine what. If there's a Griffey or a Thomas, a Jeter, um, I mean, just to name a few. Yeah, I mean, Ripken would probably do pretty well Ripken, in there, too. Uh, but I know um, Griffey and Jeter would be owning the market on these if they existed, of course. Mm-hmm. I just it would be so cool. I, I, yeah, I know that um, uh, Panini released a collegiate level, because of lack of license, uh, commemorative, almost like reversion, like a retro version of the set. Uh, back in 20, I think it was 2012 or 13. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and they had you could get like Jordan, and instead of using red or green, they used like blue and purple and some other colors, and I thought that was really cool. And those cards, yeah. while not as valuable as their original counterpart, they still bring in some cash. They still do pretty well. Um, yeah, they they sort of harken back to that old design, and I, th- I think you're right, like 2012, 2013, and uh, Jordan's pictured in his UNC yeah. uniform. Yep. And it's cool. Super cool. Really so. cool. So anyway, I, I, it's just one of those things in the hobby where like, 
gosh, we could have we could have gotten it that year, but we didn't. You know, I, I remember learning about um, the twenty four karat gold nineteen ninety nine Fleer Brilliance that that really cool parallel set that you and I love. Yes. In football, they launched that same design in ninety eight, and then baseball got it in ninety nine, and I think that basketball had it in ninety eight as well. Um, really interesting. I only learned about this like within the last six years, I'd say that 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 football's twenty four Ks was. In '98, not '99. Mm. Such a cool freaking set! I just love it so much. It's so rad. I, I'm just such a fan of. I think you know. I was talking to this with a friend of mine that that the the design for '98 24Ks for football. A friend of mine likes. He prefers it over the baseball design. I'm like, they're both great in their own way. You know, <laughs> I like they're 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 nice. And and I think that I want to say in basketball they did. Now, basketball was 98, 99, so I guess it's so confusing in the basketball market. Their design actually looks just like the baseball design. So the football design, it's like its own set, slightly different. The nameplate's like over. Yeah, nameplate's a little bit the different. biggest thing. Um, Is that the only difference? That looks to be. Yeah, and it's actually, it's nice though. I mean, it, it, it works. It just, it works. I really like the set though. It's just a nice, beautiful. Speaking of sets that are just really cool, uh, 98, 99, Fleer Brilliance, 24K, depending on the sport. Uh, just really beautiful cards, and they're they're selling yeah. they're selling obviously basketballs on the top, and then baseball and then football in terms of like high sale down to low sale, like what you can get from these. Granted, the uh, Randy Moss just sold tonight for just over $1,300, BGS 9.5, PWCC. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Those are cool. I like those a lot. I uh, Let me take a look at this here. It'd be a cool project for someone to go and... Um, yeah, 13.46. Sort of look look at products that were released in only certain sports and then were later released across all four major sports or all three major sports. Because um, it, is, it is always interesting when something is super popular, so they kind of spread it out into other products um yeah yeah i mean it's true it's there's so many that's like a lot of that's based on it's based on subjectivity it's like i think it's cool you might not think it's cool um i like it it's my favorite set you're like yeah it's okay it's like i have another favorite my, my favorite set's this one so um yeah i don't i don't know why 97 metal universe in baseball never got the PMG parallel. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the reason is. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to find that out. You know, it's so long, so far removed in, in date now it's, it's 22 years ago. So, uh, kind of interesting to kind of rewind back to what my life was like in 97. Uh, I was playing a lot of PlayStation. <laughs> I was playing crash bandicoot and twisted metal on the PlayStation original console. Cause I got it for Christmas that year. And I was so stoked. It's such a cool system. Anyway, 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 I'm I digressing. Uh, that covers this podcast. Ryan, you have any final thoughts? Mm. I'm itching for some baseball. It's getting close to spring training. Yeah. It's still cold, especially yeah. if you live in the polar vortex part of the country. Oh, if you do, gosh. please stay safe, stay inside. That seems so awful. Um, <laughs> but I'm just hunkering down, waiting for baseball to start, and um, – once season starts, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Yeah, hopefully somebody will buy Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happens, it might not. He might be uh, going, 
maybe work getting getting a job at the uh, getting a, a bigger barista during the uh, the next year because he can't find yeah. a team to buy him up. He and, he can start his he own had, team with he and Manny with Machado. Machado. Is it Machado or Machado? Machado. He and Manny Machado could start a uh, a lawn care business together. You know, mowing and trimming and edging and you know weed whacking and things. I mean, because no team for some teams just for some reason can't close a deal on these guys and they're super talented. I personally am biased toward Bryce Harper, but everybody has their own kind of thing. They're both valuable and productive. And I'm confident at some point we're going to see some news where some, some team is going to buy them, buy one of them and another team's going to buy another one. They're going to be on a team in, in, in the spring. So at least that's, that would be my, you know, I feel partially confident in assuming that that's what's going to happen and what's to expect. So I try not to read into the bajillion tweets that go out about, you know, rumors because it's just never ending. But there is some talk that he might be with San Diego or St. Louis. Like, people just don't know what's going to happen anymore. Philadelphia, like, people don't know what's what's happening with Bryce Harper yet. It's just very in the air still. Yep, you'll drive yourself crazy following all those rumors. But... Yeah. It'll happen soon enough. Yeah, or they could start the uh, lawn care business. That's very lucrative, I hear. So yeah. you could you could scale it. You know, find a couple of guys to be your interns and just like work a little community, maybe, and just like take the passive on this and then start it up in another. And here's here's me speaking as a business person, uh, but <laughs> that 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 aside, um, I'm glad we got to talk about some of these points today, or all of them actually, really good points. Glad thanks Jinx Ryan for hanging out with me on this podcast. Sure, no problem. Thank you for tuning in to the Rowdy Cards Podcast and RowdyCards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Reno, and until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.